All right, thrill seekers, and I have got a thrilling show for you today, so you came to the right place if you're seeking thrills. But before I start, I want to say something, which is that last episode, which a lot of people didn't watch, I mentioned Shozan Jack Haubner has a YouTube channel, which I think is really good. He's the author of Zen Confidential and Single White Monk, and those are both good books. And he's got a YouTube channel. So the other thing I wanted to mention is my blog is back. I haven't put anything on the blog for uh, months since April, but I'm starting to put new stuff, well, new old stuff, uh, things that I had written for other projects that uh, I didn't complete or things that hadn't appeared on the internet before. Um, so they're new to you, but not new to me because I wrote them a long time ago. So the first thing I'm starting with is this book I wrote called, well I didn't finish it, uh, it's called Zen of Godzilla and I proposed it to my publishers ten years ago and then it just I couldn't get it going. But I did do I think four chapters, so I'm going to put those chapters up so enjoy them, and that'll be the blog. And what was the last thing? Oh, the podcast. The podcast is back. Uh, I haven't done anything on the podcast for over a year, but now I'm putting things up there again. Uh, I'll see if I can find the URL for that. I don't know what it is. It's called Hardcore Zen Podcast, so go look for that. And uh, I think it's it'll it's carried on Spotify and all the rest of the places that have... Uh, it's Podbean is the host, but it's carried on all the major podcast carriers, so you can find it if you dig around. Uh, and I'm going to start to put new stuff, but for now I'm putting the soundtracks of these videos on, and what I'm working on today is uh, Buddha Nature, which I'm going to tell you about, and I'm thinking about doing a whole Buddha Nature lecture, which would be something along the lines of what I did in my book, Don't Be a Jerk, where I kind of paraphrase. Anyway, I got asked about Buddha Nature. And if you want to know Dogen's take on Buddha nature, look it up in Shobogenzo Volume 2. It is the very first chapter that appears in Volume 2 of the Nishijima Cross version of Shobogenzo. So there you are with the Chinese characters, Busho, or uh, you might say Hotokesei. I don't know. You could say it in different ways, but Busho is how Dogen probably pronounced it. Yes, um, what's, what is Ziggy barking at now? He's outside again, so that's the good the good point. But we'll be talking about dogs here soon. And this is a hard topic. Okay, what the questioner who asked me about Buddha nature did I say I got a question about it? I did. Uh, what this questioner asked me about is I'm conflicted about this whole deal of Buddha nature. Isn't it just another way to introduce the concept of an eternal soul uh, into Buddhism where it doesn't belong, or self into Buddhism where it doesn't belong? So, yeah, that is a common argument about Buddha nature, but Dogen dismisses it very quickly in the chapter that he writes about Buddha nature. He just says, basically, uh, hearing the words Buddha nature, many students have misunderstood it to be like the self, or, or soul, in this case, described by the non-Buddhist Seneca. And Seneca is his go-to guy for a guy who gets it wrong, and we don't know a whole lot about Seneca. He's a Brahmanist idealist who appears in the Garland Sutra, and also chapter 39 of the Mahaparinirvana Sutra, but there's not a whole lot of info on his philosophy. But... Whenever Dogen wants to talk about somebody who doesn't understand Buddhism, he talks about the non-Buddhist Seneca. And uh, he says they mistake, these people who, who think that uh, Buddha nature is the eternal self, they mistake the wild movements of their minds for the enlightened wisdom of Buddha nature. 
Uh, who has said there is enlightened knowing and enlightened wisdom present in Buddha nature? Buddha nature is beyond knowing and wisdom. So he uh, he says it's not your your what you think of as your eternal soul yourself. So now we're going to backtrack. Buddha nature is described various ways. So let's look at Shambhala Dictionary Buddhism and Zen just to give us a baseline. And what they do very uh, weirdly is they put Buddha nature, see Busho, and then right below that, Buddha nature. Why do they do that? I don't know. But uh, they say, according to the Mahayana view, the true, immutable, and eternal nature of all beings. Mm, uh, since all beings possess Buddha nature, it is possible for them to attain enlightenment and become a Buddha, regardless of what level of existence they occupy. The interpretation of the essence of Buddha nature varies from school to school. There is controversy of whether all beings and all inanimate entities actually possess Buddha nature. Okay, so that's kind of a baseline understanding of it. But if you kind of want to get Buddha nature, because if you mull over that word, Buddha nature, it just sounds weird. So I'm going to put it up like this. So that's what the kanji characters are. The first one is Buddha. It's a very easy uh, kanji that really has just one meaning, Hotoke or Buddha. The next one is pronounced Sho in this case and also Sei. And one of the translations you'll get for Sei is hyphen Ness. So um, Sei is also means sex or gender, by the way, but it... it um, it basically means the nature of a person or thing. Uh, also, uh, s hyphen ty hyphen ity hyphen ness hyphen psi. So, in a way, Buddha nature means Buddha ness, your Buddha ness, what it is about you that is Buddha like. Uh, Shakyamuni Buddha, according to Dogen, is said to have said. All living beings totally have the Buddha nature. The Tathagata abides in them constantly without changing at all. And Tathagata is the Buddha. Uh, and uh, another translation has it, the Tathagata is permanently <coughs> abiding, not subject to change. I'm going to have to go see what the heck he's barking at. Hold on. He's barking at nothing. I couldn't see anything up there that he's barking at. So what did I say? Shakyamuni Buddha supposedly said all living beings totally have the Buddha nature. This totally have is something that Dogen will play with in this chapter. And he reinterprets this as all living beings or all sentient beings or all beings. It doesn't really matter. This sort of adding living or sentient or whatever is kind of a, a convention. So it's it's more like saying all things. And we don't have to worry about... People get, uh, get into split hairs when they hear Buddhists say oh, sentient beings they're going oh sentient beings and insentient beings and Dogen has a whole chapter on that one too but uh, it's just all beings they totally exist as the Buddha nature total existence is the Buddha nature and the perfect totality of total existence is called living beings that's one of Dogen's statements and he says, remember the existence described now, which is totally possessed by the Buddha nature, is beyond the existence, in, in scare quotes in the Nishijima Cross version, uh, is totally beyond the existence of existence and non-existence. So it's something... The problem here is that any words you use set up a, a dualism, set up a, a contrast of one thing against another thing. So Dogen is saying that this existence he's talking about is an existence that transcends existence and non-existence. It's not existence as opposed to non-existence. 
but we are forced by language, you know, Japanese language or English language or any language, to to put some, you know, to put something around it, you know, to kind of define it in some way. So we say exist, but it's even non-existence is a kind of existence in Dogen speak. So this is where Zen gets weird. My takeaway from this whole chapter, which I probably should have put right at the beginning of the video, but I'm putting it here. So sue me is that we got to call it something. So Buddha nature is what he calls it for the sake of this chapter. But he also uses different words to describe the same idea. Uh, one of them is jiko, which means self. Another one is inmo, which means something or suchness, if you want to be pretentious about it. Uh, it's, it's the great pumpkin of reality. It's the thing that we we can't describe but we know exists. That's Buddha nature. And here's something interesting uh, that he says. He attributes this to Shakyamuni Buddha. Apparently it comes from the Mahaparinirvana Sutra. Wanting to know the meaning of Buddha nature, we should just reflect real-time causes and circumstances. When the time has come, Buddha nature is manifest before us. Now, he says that thing about when the time has come, but he also qualifies it in this way, and I'm going to refer to the Tanahashi translation because I like their version of this better than some of the others. Hearing the words, when the time is ripe, that's how they say when the time has come, People both in the past and present have thought it means that we should wait until Buddha nature manifests in the future, that as a result of practice we will eventually encounter the time when Buddha nature manifests, and that when the time is not ripe, Buddha nature will not manifest even if we inquire about the Dharma from a teacher and endeavor in practice of the way. They think this way and stay in the secular world of red dust fruitlessly while keeping a monk's appearance. Such people appear to be those outside of the way who believes in spontaneous enlightenment. So he says Buddha nature will appear when the time is ripe, but he's also saying the time is always ripe. He says there has never been any time which is not time having come. This is time having come when the Buddha nature uh, appears. Nor any Buddha nature which was not the Buddha nature manifesting itself. And another translation of that has, there has never been a time that has not come right now and an actualization of Buddha nature that has not appeared right now. Mountains, rivers, and the great earth are all the ocean of Buddha nature. So whatever it is, you can't get away from it. Buddha nature is that thing that you cannot deny or get away from. Why call it Buddha nature? Uh, as I said, because you gotta call it something. So you exist. Uh, you know you can you can make a kind of a lot of ways of saying that, but but here is something happening. Look, <laughs> look right on your computer screen. Something is happening, and you're in, you're experiencing it. That is Buddha nature. That's what he's saying. But it's nothing that you can put into a box. Now the next thing that he does in the chapter is he tells us a little story. And there's a story that has it that there is a master named Konin and his teacher Doshin and Konin is a little boy when Doshin meets him and there's this whole thing about how Doshin is, uh, sorry, Konin is reincarnated because he's too old to study and all this weird stuff that goes around. But anyway, here's Doshin, he says to the small boy Konin, what is your name? Konin says, I have a name, but not a regular name. Doshin says, what name is it? Konin says, Buddha nature. Doshin says, you don't have Buddha nature. 
Konin, the little boy, says, Buddha nature is empty, or is emptiness, or is nothingness, or is the void, however you want to say it. Uh, that's why you say, I don't have it. And Dogen points out that the question that, that the teacher asks the student, what is your name, is, means, I am that and you are that too. Hey, Ziggy, does a dog have Buddha nature? Ah, oh, good, <laughs> good one, Ziggy, you got it. That is, the, that is also covered in this chapter. It's a famous koan, does a dog have Buddha nature? And the answer is mu. And mu means nothingness, but here's the joke of it, which I've told many times, and Ziggy just demonstrated it for me. Uh, in Chinese, you know how uh, dogs are, are uh, we say woof woof for uh, a dog sound, and uh, the, the Japanese say wan wan? Well, in ancient Chinese, at the time this koan was created, uh, the sound of a dog barking was wu, and wu means nothingness and there's also another word oo which sounds a little bit like woo uh, which means somethingness have is and is not so both of these questions uh, both of these answers are given when we talk about a dog having buddha nature a monk asked grace master um, joshu does even a dog have buddha nature or not the question does not ask whether the Buddha nature can or cannot exist in the dog. It asks whether even an Iron Man learns the truth, which uh, Nishijima's footnotes say, An Iron Man symbolizes someone who is very single-mindedly pursuing the truth. The monk was not looking for a simple yes or no, but wanted to ask about the area beyond ordinary thinking. Uh, and he says, Joshu says it is without. When we hear this expression, there are concrete paths by which to learn it. The being without with which the Buddha nature describes itself. So this is, this is a Dogen saying that it's not Joshu answering. It's the Buddha nature describing itself. So get that. Get stuck into that. There may come a day when this being without becomes merely the grinding away of a stone. And he says that is following concrete uh, circumstances. And then he does the other thing. A monk asks Joshu, does the Buddha nature even exist in a dog or not? And his answer from Joshu is, it exists. So, ooh, uh, it exists. The situation of this, it exists, in quotes, is beyond the existence of scholastic commentary teachers and the like, and beyond the dogmatic existence of the existence school. And the existence school is the... Uh, Shavastavada school, which usually Dogen is very affirmative of, but he seems like he's he's sort of dissing it right here. But he's saying it, it doesn't exist in a category of things. Uh, there's a whole lot of other interesting stuff about that, too. And then there's another quote, so I'm just buzzing on from that. This is another famous koan, one of these koans you should probably know about if you're going to pretend you, you're into Zen. In the order of Master Chosha Keishin, a government official, Jiku, asks, An earthworm has been cut into two, and the two parts are both moving. I wonder in which part is the Buddha nature. The master says, Do not be deluded. The official says, What should we make of their moving? The master says, It is only that wind and fire have not dissipated. So this, I think, is trying to kind of... Uh, go back to a more simplistic sort of definition of Buddha nature as the eternal soul. So, so this government official thinks Buddha nature means the eternal soul, and if you cut the earthworm in half and both are moving, which one has the eternal soul in it? Uh, this is not what Buddha nature is, and uh, in fact, he says, Dogen says, 
the Buddha nature has been cut in two. I wonder in which part is the earthworm. I'll just give you also the ending of it. This is from the Nishiyama Stevens version because I liked this. The end of the chapter is, the, is doing the whole earthworm stuff, so he's kind of commenting on that. Since ancient times, foolish people have believed man's divine consciousness to be Buddha nature. How ridiculous, how laughable. Do not try to define Buddha nature. This just confuses. Rather, think of it as a wall, a tile, or a stone, or better still, if you can, just accept that Buddha nature is inconceivable to the rational mind. The end. That's how he ends it. And, gosh, this is one of Dogen's most interesting and difficult chapters, and there's a whole lot I'm leaving out. But the, the main point is Buddha nature is one of these words that Buddhists use. Uh, and I want to say one of these words because in, in Japanese and Chinese it's a single word, and in English it becomes two. But it's one of these terms that people use to try to describe the ineffable something. And we don't mean that it is a an eternal soul, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some people in Buddhism who kind of make it into an eternal soul, so there you go. But when Dogen is talking about it, we're not talking about an eternal soul. We're talking about something that is kind of the great it that is what is experiencing all of this. And even you can't say experiencing all of this because the experience and the experiencer are one in the same. And it's all weird and it's all crazy and it's Buddhism. So I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, if you want to contribute to me figuring out things and telling you them, you can send a donation. You can go to the URL uh, hardcorezen.info slash donate. That is hardcorezen.info slash donate, and that will take you to my PayPal and Patreon accounts. And that is my only way of making a living right now, so I really appreciate those of you who donate to me. Uh, it really helps me keep things going, but as I always say, this is offered for free, so you don't gotta donate, okay? That's the fact, Jack. But we will see you next time. Have a good time all the time. See you later. Bye, Zul.